knickknackjack.com podcast or the nicholasjackson.com podcast, however you would like to refer to it. This will be Season 7, Episode 9, and I'm calling this one Rough Landings, and I'm going to explain more about that in a moment. Stand by. the way I got to thinking uh, at some point in my life, um, it's probably right after uh, I got a ride in a Belanca and was completely thrilled by it and then realized that flying is expensive and then turned to uh, the computer because I've always had a computer and then started down the flight simulation line. Well, somewhere in that process, process. I don't know when. I don't remember when. Uh, But obviously, this question comes up of how realistic is this? And, um, you know, when it was the Sierra version of um, Flight Simulator, I can't remember what they called it, but um, I don't know. It was like 1999, and I went Back to Flight Simulator 98, played with that for a while, and then started with the Flight Simulator 2000 and so on and so forth, down to FSX, and uh, now playing with really complicated add-ons that have uh, fully functional GPS based on the Garmin uh, 450W. And uh, fully functional, well, almost fully functional, uh, FMC systems for the uh, heavy aircraft. So, uh, I mean, I've gone from something that's really simple to something that's really complicated, and I've done this in a simulation sense, thinking that it has some bearing, some semblance of what it is in the real world. Now, I'm not saying that because I can fly uh, the PMTG 747 and FSX that I could fly an actual 747. I could probably uh, tell the autopilot what to do uh, pretty, you know, pretty easily. Not much problem there. Uh, But, I mean, when it comes to takeoff and landing and actually hand-flying the thing, yeah, no thanks. Um, But I like to think that there's some 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 semblance of merit to what I do, what my hobby is, uh, when with relation to the real world. So, you know, within this context, I like to think that um, even though I'm, you know, 98% virtual pilot, 2% student pilot, uh, with about three hours in my logbook and five hours total time split between a Tomahawk, a 172, and a 152, um, and also the completion of private pilot and instrument pilot ground school. So, I mean, I've, I've done my studying in that sense, but I, I mean, I like to think that even though most of my experience is virtual, um, you know, when I come into a hangar, let's say, and I have a harrowing story about uh, how I was cruising along at 38,000 feet and suddenly the controls started acting odd and I thought, oh shoot, I need to 
descend and go somewhere, and I just happened to be over Las Vegas, and I was able to make a real steep descent and come in and put her down softly on 25 left, taxi in, and I think the passengers were okay. Um, you know, now obviously, that little story, and by the way, that just happened to me about 10 minutes ago in FSX, uh, I think the plane was messing up because it wasn't a an emergency simulated in FS passengers or anything like that, but Anyway, I, I think that that story, even though it's not real, uh, has some sense of captivation to it. And I think the skills and the judgment that you use, say, in an emergency situation in a simulator versus an emergency situation in the real world, I mean, you're never going to actually know that. But, of course, the only way real pilots... Uh, practice the emergency procedures at, out of actually, you know, being in the emergency is via simulators. Um, so I, I guess the point that I'm trying to get to here is I think there's this inherent connectivity between the flight simulator community and the actual aviation community, and of course the aviation enthusiast, enthusiast community. Um, and I've thought this for a long time, but I've noticed, um, whether it be at air shows or even in the podcast community in general, um, just because somebody listens to FS Break doesn't mean they also listen to Airplane Geeks or UCAP. Um, and by the way, everybody should listen to all three of those podcasts, um, along with, oh, come fly with me, Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase, and... Uh, flaps and playing crazy down under and aviation careers with Carl Valeri and I'm sure I'm forgetting a ton of other great air airplane podcasts. But you know the point here is everybody's excited about aviation. Everybody likes it. Some of us understand it from a simulated perspective, but for someone like me, uh, you know. Other than maybe being able to go up in a 172 for an hour with an instructor once a year, if I'm damn lucky, um, that's probably as as much as I'm going to get because getting a medical is proving to be difficult. Um, actually, right now, it's not so much the medical, it's the lack of money to get the medical fixed and uh, the actual lack of money to, of course, take the lessons. Um but because of that, um, I'm kind of relegated to the simulated world. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything less educational about um, flying a 172 in uh, the simulator cross-country and flying a 172 in the real world cross-country. Of course, it's going to be different experiences. The controls are going to feel different. I definitely can tell you there's a huge difference between the way flight simulator controls feel when they don't give you feedback and the way a real yoke feels when it's, you know, connected to the um, surf the control surfaces and you can feel the air and if you're going in a big circle practicing uh, steep turns and you go over your own wake turbulence, you know, you're going to notice that in the real world, not so much in the simulator. Um, so, I mean, there's certainly a lot of dimensions that you don't get, but 
I don't know. I kind of feel like we should all be in the same community. We should all be, um, I don't know, have some sort of respect for each other. And I, I think what really ruins it is uh, going back to 9-11 and this idea that terrorists uh, learned to fly the 7-5 and the 7-6 because they used Flight Simulator. Um, and first of all, as far as I know, the high detail version of the 7-5 and the 7-6 is from Level D and Captain Sim were not out at that time. Now, somebody please correct me if I'm wrong. But um, secondly, really, you know, if you're, if you're playing default um, flight simulator out of the box or even X-Plane out of the box, generally you're not going to get a very detailed experience as far as systems go. You might be able to, you know, fire up the 747, try and take off, try and land, um, but that's really about all you can do. Um, and even then, when you try and turn the autopilot on, um, I can tell you that autopilot um, in default flight simulator uh, tracking on a heading mode in the default GPS all the way from, say, Los Angeles to Melbourne sucks. Um, and it's also not a very realistic way to fly the plane, and the plane dynamics aren't quite there. So, I mean, what I'm saying is that, um, you know, the default simulators and the actual aircraft, huge difference. Um, the add-on uh, software that you can get for Flight Simulator and for X-Plane, um, I think closes that gap a little more. And I think um, that, you know, you don't necessarily want to do VFR training in Flight Simulator because if there's one thing I've noticed um, going from Flight Simulator to the real real world training, it's that uh, the, the tenets, my tendency is to look at the instruments and treat it like an IFR flight. And uh, I tend to forget about that big huge thing called a window um so from that perspective if you're working on ifr training uh flight simulator is kind of a great well not a great way but a good way to practice that a good way to get familiar with some of the systems and how the procedures work and maybe landmarks and stuff like that um the controls feel differently obviously um and nothing's going to be modeled perfectly also obviously but i think there's a lot more commonality here than um, a lot of pilots would want to believe. I've, it's funny, I've talked to a bunch of pilots and I've seen a bunch of different opinions. Um, I've heard everything from, well, just because you can land a plane in the simulator doesn't mean you can do jack in the real world, to, um, oh, you can land that in the simulator. That's that's pretty good. Here's Here are the differences and here's what might help you. And... Um, you know, and then I had one flight instructor that I was I was telling them about Flight Simulator and all the stuff I was doing, and he was actually curious about it. You know, probably wondering how realistic it was or what of what value it could be in teaching students um, how to fly. And you know, I'm not a flight instructor. I can barely hand fly on a good day whether it be in the simulator or real world. I do okay real world, but, you know, it's not like I can 
you know, if you give me a flight director, it's not like I'm only going to stay on the purple lines, <laughs> to say the least. And I'm still working on, you know, tra basic stuff like tracking a VOR, um, you know, on a basic setup in a 172 in FSX. I try I tried doing that tried practicing that on a 172 out of uh, Boeing field as part of a flight lesson one time and I don't think the VOR receiver worked which was kind of a bummer um, no it wasn't that one it was it was a 172 out of Chico and that was where the VOR receiver did not work so that was a bummer uh, I think we were, were able to use VORs when I was um, going along with a friend from Boeing Field to uh, uh, Friday Harbor, uh, which was a neat neat flight in the 172 that actually happened. Um, but anyway, I I don't know. My my thinking here is that you know just because I spend most of my time behind a USB controller um, and I don't get to spend that much time behind an actual yoke doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, my enthusiasm and my interest and to some extent my knowledge is any less. Um, you know, one of the things I've been working on over the past couple days is actually trying to uh, use my newfound programming knowledge to make a basic fuel planner. Um, and I'll admit there's some bugs, but uh, I was able to uh, get a fuel calculation for the Bonanza A36, uh, put that specific fuel load in the airplane, in flight sim, and what do you know, it worked just fine. Um, and I did another flight today with using the data from the fuel planner that I came up with, and uh, I had a 757 flight. Uh, that from Chico to Los Angeles went all right fuel-wise. Uh, didn't go all right in very many other aspects, but, you know, I started get to get the sense midway through the day. Uh, I think, yeah, it was on approach to Los Angeles because my first landing with the A36 today was in Chico, and it was iffy, and the takeoff from San Carlos was terrible. Um... And then uh, I started having control issues when I was trying to do a leg from Los Angeles to Salt Lake City. Ended up landing in Las Vegas, and we already heard that story. But again, I think there's lessons that can be learned from flight simulation experience that can be applied to uh, actual flying. And I think there's, I don't know, I think, you know, just because it isn't, actual flying and maybe this sounds stupid but just because it isn't actual flying doesn't mean that uh you can't have a harrowing exciting story um you know the story i told a couple minutes ago for example i think that's kind of harrowing and exciting and i kid you not i was kind of sweating when i was having control issues and trying to land um the 75 at las vegas um, you know, I, I wouldn't even begin to compare it to an actual emergency landing from a 7.5 captain or hell from a 172, uh, captain. I, you know, I, I'm not going to compare it to that, but I'm going to, I do think that if you take a 
a sim session, just a standard sim session, just take, say you take a 172 from, I don't know, San Carlos to Oakland, just right across the bay. I think there's things that you can learn from that simulation experience that you can take back to the real world. And I think there's probably a lot of things, definitely a lot of things, uh, from the real world that you can take back to the simulator. And yes, in a lot of ways, only focusing on the simulator being, let's say, 98% simulator pilot, 2% student pilot, as I am, for example, um, you know, you can get yourself into trouble. You can be so used to the simulator that you think, oh, I'm going to go into the real world airplane now and it's going to be easy and it's going to throw you for a loop. You know, not as much of a loop as you might expect, but it's still going to going to do stuff that you wouldn't necessarily anticipate and you have to be ready for that transition but again I think I don't know the more people talk about this the more they connect with this um, I think the more people that we're going to get into aviation in general you know all all I hear from uh, AOPA and a lot of uh, activist groups is you want more pilots you want more pilots well you know, I don't know how many more, but you've got a whole heck of a lot of virtual pilots, a whole heck of a lot of people that enjoy this hobby. And just because we're not able to get out there and actually go to the airport every weekend or whatever, doesn't mean that we don't care about it and doesn't mean that we're not willing to support the hobby. Um, and I mean, case in point, I'm actually thanks to... Um, uh, aviation geeks. I'm a member of AOPA now, and you know I haven't flown in over a year. Um, and of course that's not intentional. It's just been, actually, it's almost been two years. Crap. Uh, anyway, it's not been intentional. It's just been a money issue, of course. But you know that I that proves the point. Just because I don't get to go to the airport and drool over airplanes all the time doesn't mean that I care about it any less. Doesn't mean that, you know, I don't have uh, a 172N manual, because I do, um, and a, um, oh gosh, an EFB and oh, a knee bag and uh, charts. IFR approach charts printed out all over the place. I, I've got more aviation goodies and not so goodies than a same person should have. And you know, in all in all rights, I should be able to fly. But you know, because flight simulator is the best I can do, um, I don't know. I I I would like to feel like um, just because flight simulator is the best I can do on a day to day basis doesn't mean that I'm any less worthy of, you know, being considered part of the aviation community. And I wouldn't go so far to say I want to be considered a pilot, because obviously I'm not. Um, you know, a simulator pilot, maybe you could use it in that context. But I don't know. I, I just feel like there should be some connection between GA pilots, IFR pilots, um not IFR pilots, I'm sorry, professional pilots, uh, CFIs, virtual pilots, uh, RC pilots even, I, avi and aviation enthusiasts. I think this should be 
one thing because we all go gaga over an airplane and you know isn't that something awesome that we should share um and if we find new ways of making going gaga over airplanes better uh whether it be in actual aviation rc or um you know flying a simulator if you discover something like that sim and you realize oh shoot real you know a real person giving me ATC instructions while six other people are in the same airspace makes life a lot more interesting, you know, and once you realize that, then, you know, you see something like Pilot Edge, and if you fly in the LA airspace and you like GA aircraft, then you go, oh, well, that's perfect, and uh, if you're me, then you say, okay, well, that's cool, but can't you expand into Oakland's airspace, please? But, um, I don't know. Again, I, I think I think we should be able to have um, a serious flight simulation booth at, uh, say, Sun and Fun or AirVenture. You know, not the Microsoft, we're going to be cheesy and, you know, show you how to fly in between buildings sort of thing. But the, you know, the people like PMDG or Level D or... Uh, Flight One or Just Flight or Carinado, you know, we should actually have companies like that there that can show, uh, you know, aviation enthusiasts and real-world pilots that, you know, it's not the same thing. And and we'll tell you that walking in, but there's not as much of a discrepancy in in it as you would think it's getting better and better all the time and i mean you obviously see that with uh, all sorts of other simulation technologies and i would hope uh as time goes forward it gets only more and more realistic but um just as with pilots um you know keeping the simulation aviation simulation flight sim alive is just the same thing as uh you know, keeping aviation alive. We got to have people that are interested, and I think connecting that interested community, communicating between us all, uh, is a very positive thing. Um, you know, just because you don't fly real-world aircraft doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to UCAP, um, and just because you don't play flight sim doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to FS Break. Um, and really, that's. That's my opinion on it. Um, I'd be interested in kind of expanding this discussion um, and talking to other people about it. So if you have opinions, you can send me email, nicnacjak at gmail.com, and let me know what you think. You can even send me an MP3 if you so choose. And I'll do a little follow-up episode, I'm sure. Probably not this month because I'm severely budget-limited budget on the space I can upload, unfortunately, but um, I don't know, this is something I'd like to continue and something I'd like to explore more, um, especially as I kind of continue down this road of, gee, the only two things I love in life are aviation and radio, and trying to, trying to think, okay, how can you, uh, how can you connect aviation and radio to equal money without needing a medical? 
Um, if you can answer that question for me, then I will love you for a long time because, yeah, those are my two interests and I really wish I could combine them together. But if I can't combine them together to make money, then talking about it on the internet and hopefully being able to go to shows like Sun and Fun and Air Adventure, certainly worthwhile. So if you have thoughts, feedbacks, comments, questions, please email me, N-I-C-N-A-C-J-A-K at gmail.com. Let me know what you think, and feel free to send me MP3s as well. All you have to do is just attach them to the email. Uh, Till next time, stay safe, stay sane, happy landings, happy railroading.